0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This episode is brought to you by 100 Bogart Street, a co-working building in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Need a professional place to work from? Learn more by visiting 100bogart.com. Hey, this is Hannah, HRN's program manager. It's HRN's 10th anniversary and now our summer fun drive. So show your support for independent, revolutionary, entertaining food radio by becoming a monthly recurring donor. HRN is powered by a passionate community of thoughtful eaters and we need each and every one of you to show your support so that we can keep bringing you your favorite food podcasts. It takes a village and every dollar donated, every listener tuning in is essential to our continued success. So set up a donation for $10 $10 every month. You'll show us that you want to be a part of a bright future for HRN. And you'll get one of our brand new limited edition Pizza Pocket t-shirts. So snag your new favorite tea and show us some love, all for the price of about two fancy lattes each month. Go to heritageradionetwork.org donate today. And thank you.
2: Hello and welcome to Snacky Tunes. I am one half your host, Darren Bresnitz. I'm the other half your host, Greg Bresnitz. We are so excited to be sitting down with the legendary chef, spokesperson, visionary, man of the people, the people. Taco visionary. Taco visionary, a real, and he touches on this in the interview, a real revolutionary when it comes to the way we think about food and eating out and what cuisines and culture really matters, Roy Choi. We're talking about his new show on KCET and Made called Broken Bread, where he examines and talks to people about the current state of our food system and what needs to be fixed, what is being fixed, and those who are really in the fight to fix it. It's a great episode, we get very, very deep, and it's a great show, you can check it out. Uh, the final episode, Watts is airing this week or next. And then we dip into our archives for the performance from Cain. One of our favorites, all time, with a uh, guest from Johnny Lamb as well, who we equally love, whose episodes you can also check out in the archives. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Snacky Tunes here on HeritageRadioNetwork.org.
3: We talk about food. We talk about music. With musical dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snacky Tunes. <laughs>
2: Snacky Tunes. I am one half your host, Darren Bresnitz. We are with Roy Choi, chef and host of KCET's and Tastes Made Broken Bread. Welcome to Snacky Tunes.
4: Thank you. I've got the broken version of Snacky Tunes when we have. I
2: know. Well, <laughs> you know, we're on different coasts. We're just trying okay. to hold it down on, on both sides of the country. Um, big fan of the series. Uh-huh. Absolutely loved it. And one of the biggest things I noticed about it is that community is really at the heart of the series. Um, but then also your responsibility, your personal responsibility to that community. Um, what do you feel is that responsibility and what does it take to be a community gangster like the gardener, Ron Finley
4: well I think when you speak of community um, we're trying to we're trying to show in Broken Bread that we're all a community you know and I don't mean that in just some feel good you know lovey dovey you know way I mean that you know, like right now, we're, we're in a position in life where everything is so divisive. Um, everything, you can't express yourself without being attacked. But we're, we're spending all this energy attacking people for the wrong reasons, while, while life and the earth around us is basically decaying, you know, and being destroyed. So, Broken Bread is a little bit about, let's stop looking at, you know, and blaming each other or creating divisions within each other and look at these problems as humans that we've created and and try to have like a little bit of a session together you know what i mean like you know just roll it up have a session just talk about this stuff and try to like we do this in the kitchen all the time like if something's not going right we try to not be in denial as chefs you know um you have to sit around in a round table and or in a drum circle or together and just say like and just be really really critical and take things apart and not be personal about it and then if if it no longer belongs on the menu or if the item that you're using or cooking or the way that you approach things is not right then you have to you have to make adjustments and so we're taking I'm taking that same kind of idea and philosophy that you know we have as like an oversight committee of chefs um, a no BS filter and and trying to apply that to things Like homelessness, drug addiction, um, police profiling, uh, inner city poverty, um, food waste, food access, um, you know, just on and on. Um, The mono mono agriculture, um, the overconsumption of of animals, you know. So it's it's just looking at all these things and really trying to lay the facts down of how kind of, um, what's the right word? detrimental they are and how destroying they are and um how you know how can we continue to go at this pace it just seems unsustainable now the shows also doesn't mean that i'm right or that we're right i'm just giving you my filter of like this doesn't seem right this doesn't seem sustainable and let me let's go out and find people on the ground that kind of don't believe in this
2: bs either and are doing something about it I mean, you deal with a lot of people who are on the ground, a lot of these community activists, but you also sort of touch on that to really make impactful changes, you need government and at the end of the day, even sometimes large scale corporations mm-hmm. to make those big, big shifts that go out of this block by block mentality. But sometimes those government people come up short with you know, like the closing of LA Kitchen and things like that. Mm-hmm. So how do you see a better working system between those street activists, the community people and government and corporations to make significant change?
4: Well, I don't know, we asked some of those questions on the show, you know, we visit with the mayor of Los Angeles, we yep. um, we visit a, a company that just went public like Beyond Meat, uh, we also, you know, we go all the way from delivering one produce box at a time through an organization supermarket with Olympia all the way to Beyond Meat that went public, you know, and, and you know, government in between. Um, I don't have the answer. the The show is my exploration of trying to find the answer, and I think a lot of a lot of the wisdom comes from the people that we meet, and they, they throw the ideas out there, um, and they find ways of creating that bridge. Which is, to be honest, it's brick by brick, one step at a time. You know, it's delivering one box of produce um, to fight, uh, you know, diabetes and 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 processed foods within the inner city it's one pizza at a time one slice at a time to save a kid's life that's living homeless um, that may be addicted to the uh, opioid drug crisis in America you know um, it's a lot of that but it's also um, really trying to open your heart the show is trying to open your heart and and show that compassion has power and it does matter Um, we keep barreling towards this this future in this existence where compassion doesn't seem to have a place in where we're going, you know? Um, and to me, it matters, you know, and to me, it's something that I, that I try to live by and drive my companies by and, and, and now make a show by, you know, and, and there is power in that. And, but we we're, we're, we're taught to believe that there isn't. And then we're, and then we're trapped within these conditioned habits that we have, whether it's food, wasting food or eating burgers or all these things, right? And, and we complain about the problems of the earth, yet we're conditioned in our actions. And then we're made to believe that it's not okay to not agree with this and to not, and, and to open your heart and be compassionate and help people, that somehow that's going to make your life you know, less successful. And in the show, we try to show that that's not the case. You can give and get more back,
2: you know? Yeah, that lack of compassion and that pushback um, was really surprising because, I mean, even in the Watts episode when you talk about Officer Sunshine who was against the Crips and the Blood uh, treaty agreement which was gonna help the community overall, that was just one example of just how when people saw real change happening, They didn't actually want it to happen, or some people didn't because it seemed like there'd be a shift in power of those who were marginalized or those who who didn't have a voice, now having a voice either through business or community or things like that. But what was the most surprising part of finding those people who were fighting against to change the system? And was there anyone on there who said, I've been against changing the system, but now I realize I'm actually a part of that system as well. I'm not separated from it.
4: Mm-hmm. Not in the people that we covered, I don't think. Um, I think that the people that we covered are still fighting. I, you know, I call them the earthworms and the the ant, the ants of, of of this movement. You know, they're the ones shifting the soil, and, and you know, Ron Finley, you know, is still out there planting gardens. You know, um, you know, Olympia is out there against all of the. corporate processed food that's being infiltrated throughout south central delivering one produce box at a time you know um you know in in an era where the educational system is just spitting kids out that don't fit in Mars out there saving one life at a time you know um beyond burger and vegan hooligans and everyone would cover pop cultivate um To Hank and Bean, they're all, you know, swimming against stream trying to find these answers of why are we eating so much meat? Why are we, why are we buying this this perfect produce? Why are we throwing away food that's perfectly good that we can turn into meals to feed thousands of people like Bill Bracken does through Chefs to End Hunger where they, they, you know, like every buffet has 30% leftover in most cases and that gets shipped off to Bill And then he turns those into meals that he goes out and feeds the streets of Santa Ana with. So, um, but there's no, I don't, I don't don't feel like anyone that we covered feels like they're, they're hopeless or they're in a position where Mm. they can't, they can't, um, or that they're a part of the system. Um, there are things that we covered with the mayor where, where I try to ask, is there a bridge between activism and government, you know, um, you know, and, and he came up with some um, really good answers and, and perspectives on how we can work together. And, um, you know, um, the main thing he said is that, you know, government in many, in many cases doesn't know what to do. Hmm. And those that do know what to do need the scale that government has. Right. So we have, we actually have the ingredients. It's just we as people are unwilling to come together, you know we're we're on one side you know you see it in every movement or every every hashtag or everything there's there's always just two sides maybe i'm too idealistic but why not just have no sides you know like i mean you see hundreds of thousands of people struggling and homeless on the street right what does that have to do with sides you know and so some things I ch- tried to bring up with with the mayor is that you know I'm all for people coming together and working together and creating bridges. Maybe even us as as a city or as a county can come up with some surcharge or tax that we pay forward that um, and then put the right people on the oversight committee to make sure that money gets used to develop housing to reduce homelessness to to reduce hunger um, I'd be willing to pay whatever percentage on everything I buy, if I knew that that money was going to reduce these problems, you know? Um, and I think we all could. Yeah. Know? And so those those are some of the ideas and solutions that we continue to try to find.
2: I mean, creating those opportunities for those who are marginalized has always been part of what kitchens and culinary culture is about, taking people who may not fit into the rest of society and then giving them jobs opportunity um, you saw this in the show. Mm-hmm. Dough Girl saw it with what you've been doing at local. You know, you see it in the Watts episode. Mm-hmm. But then you also bring up this idea about when people go out to eat. It's not just about the cool playlist or the right, you know, food or the, the ambience, ambiance, but it's also what is the purpose of the restaurant. So, how, so how do you see that idea of spending dollars with those people who are giving those who marginalized opportunity, giving them a second chance? as part of how you review and rate a restaurant how do you get people to think about oh the money's not just going to micro grains from Santa Barbara but they're getting kids off the streets
4: well I, I see you're wearing a Jonathan Gold sweatshirt right now yeah. SGV dumpling crawl Jonathan Gold I mean Jonathan definitely covered those things about lo- looking at a restaurant beyond just the food and the service and, and really understanding the story and 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 hopefully the meaning and, and the poetry behind it and the people um, I'm not knocking fine dining I'm not knocking where food has come or gone it's just we and even with this company like the Taste Made you know or or all of the stuff you see on the internet there's value and there is there's a place for for the beautification the the the, the the pop cultural elements, the instant gratification, and the romanticism of food. You know, there, there's a place for all that, and there's a place for for us to to develop these again these these romantic stories about about these dishes or these chefs or their training or the ingredients or where they were grown or 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 how the pasta was made from Nona's fingertips and it came from this and the sauce was from the essence of the dew on the tomato in in the southern tip of Italy, and it came from here. And you know, and the potato grew in this this volcanic soil, and there's all this stuff that that is important, and that is that is the window dressing and and the storytelling of food. What we're just trying to say is let's add another layer and another element to that storytelling, which is. Not only the rare ingredients or, or the chef's background or, or, or the, the folklore of, of the recipe, but let's really look at food on a deeper level and the, the rare people and the people behind the scenes helping, helping those that can't access even that cheeseburger that you put with 5,000 hashtags on a close-up on your Instagram you know all the way up to a michelin three-star restaurant you know like there is a world of food that goes outside of the uh, the borders of of the foodie kind of shareable world and i feel like that is a part of where we have to evolve as 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 eaters as chefs as reviewers as, as journalists um we're writing about the same shit man Over and over and over and over again. Fried chicken and fucking smash burgers and... You know, right now. If I pull up all of the fucking food sites right now, that's all it's about. You know what I mean? And if I pulled it up five years ago, that's all it's about. If I pulled it up ten years ago, that's all it's about. And I'm just saying that we can have that fun. But at what point are we going to evolve to where we include those that are not included in the, in in eating into the lexicon of of our food world you know and that's the thing i continue to fight for and try to try to explore and try to show and try to share because um you know i have feet in both worlds you know i have i have a foot in this in this food world i have a place in this food world and and you know um and i got love for this food world and i got many colleagues and friends who who write those articles and cook those those items and it's nothing but love for them and this has nothing to do with obliterating them but this has to do with i also have a foot in a world that doesn't get to play in the same sandbox you know what i'm saying and so because of that is you know for me it's my responsibility to try, try to find a bridge to bring that together and at certain points I'm angry, at certain points I'm militant, at certain points I'm quiet and doing it on the streets, behind the scenes, and at certain points I try to try to make it enjoyable and work with a, a wonderful team here at Tastemade and, and a director that, that really understood and, and, and cared and an editing team that spent countless hours um, you know listening to my, my my constant nagging about finding the poetry and everything, you know, and, you know, and these things are part of, um, you know, our contribution to food journalism, to food culture, to, um, to, um, evolving the narrative. You know?
2: Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. Okay. Pull this on from the archives. And then we'll be back with Roy Troy here on snacky tunes on heritage Radio Welcome back to Snacky Tunes. I'm sitting here with Roy Choi, chef, host of KCET's and Tastemates Broken Bread. In the transformation episode, Roxana says one of the f- favorite quotes, my favorite quotes of the series, which is, I wanted something different. I was tired of the same results. And I felt that that could really be applied to so much of the series and to so much of just you know that definition of insanity, of where yeah. you do the same thing over and over yeah, again, and you, and you expect to have different results? And that really tied into also the weed episode, because the weed episode was 50 years ago, and you say this in the series, like, you would never expect that weed to be legal, and you'd be shooting it on public access, you know, yeah. television, sitting here smoking weed, doing a whole show on weed. But I think the talks of the larger picture of shifting public perception, mm-hmm. and shifting public perception when it comes to food. And about the waste and about what we can do to make a change and knowing the issues that we have at hand and you go deeply into that what do you actually think it's going to take is it going to take food shortages is it going to take some sort of apocalyptic moment or do you think we can get to shifting public perception about food food waste, food insecurity which is all tied together before it goes so bad
4: well, I mean, there are many avenues. First of all, sorry for getting so deep on stuff, but you asking deep questions, so that's what we're here that we're for. Here, that's, that's what we're, what we're here. here for, man. It's so that deep if you're stuff. if you're listening and this shit's too deep, you know, we come back to no. You answer. go to the Instagram. We got we got like yeah, 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 a yeah. vegan
2: cheeseburger for you to like.
4: Um, there are many there are many pathways to that answer. I mean, the apocalyptic side of it. I mean, we are headed there, whether you want to believe it or not. You know, what I'm saying like there's. There's enough data, there's enough information and and there's enough evidence that we are headed there. like if we don't stop consuming pigs, chickens, and cows at the rate that we do in the manner that we do it it, it it's It's going to have a devastating effect. It already has, but it's going to have an even more devastating effect within the next fifty years, you know. Um, we throw away 40% of the food that we produce um, yet homelessness and hunger continue to rise you know if we don't confront these issues these things are just just, if you look at just history we've done nothing but grow as a human race you know Um, we're at over 7 billion people we're going to be over 8 billion people soon you know and it just continues to grow and grow and grow and grow and so if we don't confront these issues, there is the, there is no indication that it's not going to fix itself, right? It's just going to continue to grow with us. And those problems that we have, which are the byproduct and the broken systems and the broken um, results of all of this, will continue to, to grow and multiply. And so, but the, the weird thing, the weird dichotomy or, or flip side to all that is... As apocalyptic as it may sound, the, the solutions are actually closer than you may think. And that's what Broken Bread tries to explore in this first season is that we take these huge issues, but we're trying to show you that actually, if you make these really small choices in your life, whether it's saving a kid's life, whether it's changing, providing an opportunity for um, someone you know out of, you know, and when you talk about broken systems, you're talking about incarceration systems, rehabilitation systems, educational systems, food growing systems, the chef system, the, the fine dining system, the restaurant system, the food journalism system, all of these things. In our perspective, there's a lot of that that is broken. And so what we're saying, but then if you look at that, you can, you can take one person, like you mentioned in Homeboy Industries, and see how a life can change, you know, on the dime. And so then if you take that as a metaphor or an echo chamber to other things, then you can take that, okay, you can take that one person at homegirl cafe from her own mouth and her own words and then see how a life can change on the time by just not repeating your same mistakes personally, but also as a system. Then you can take that all the way to a large corporation like a Beyond Meat, right? Which just went public, which... and Now is that Burger King. Now is that Burger King. Both them and Impossible and other companies, depending on the way things develop, um, will have a huge impact on changing, you know, and, and a deep effect on the slaughter system within America, you know, because demand creates change. And, and then so you can see it from one person all the way to possibly um, a foreseeable future of reducing water waste, land waste. Animals' lives, but still providing the necessary protein and 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 uh, umami that you need as a meat eater, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so the, there are ways that we can avoid this. You know, um, if if it's like a novel, we're only like halfway through. There are choices we can make that will take the story in a different way. You know, like uh, the character could be hanging on a on an edge of a cliff. Or a building, but something may happen, you know, and, um, and and we have that opportunity right now. We don't have to just give up because we're hanging on on the edge of this building, you know. Um, something in the next twenty pages could be that you kick a window and it opens and you're able to slide through, and it changes everything, you know. Um, and that's that's what we're that's what we're trying to find.
2: Yeah, I think. What the series shows as well is that a lot of these problems are identified, where maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, the, maybe the concept of food desert, maybe the cost of food waste, or that yeah. wasn't maybe as well known or as part of the, the, the common language, because at least it's identified. Like at least, yeah. at least people are like, okay, we know a burger costs bad. We know these people don't have access to a grocery store. Here's what we're doing. Um, and the people who were doing these one steps at a time, there was this phrase, this um, relentless incrementalism. Oh, yeah, that's which, which, which Roger, Roger Egger, Yeah, it, which uh, was great because it was like... It's, Robert Egger, sorry. It's fucking daunting. Like, yeah. it's very daunting from a bird's eye view, but then you dig deep into this. So I guess, you know, it's about baby steps, right? And baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. And you've been doing it for long enough, mm-hmm. and I'd love to hear a little bit about your perspective on when do those baby steps add up to leaps and big changes like days, months, years like how long does it really take to see these well I've lived I've lived through one
4: yeah I've lived through the food truck the modern food truck revolution sure where you know the reason why Kogi and myself are still here 12, 11 years later and the reason why we get so much love and, and that we get love back is that we represent the history before us we are a lineage of the loncheras and the taco trucks and the vendors before us they gave us the pass to to carry on the legacy we look at ourselves as like the children of the loncheras and we combine that with technology and twitter and so where i'm leading with this is that before kogi happened not within the street community but outside of the street community there was racism right so uh Everything that you that you consider to be gourmet or hip or cool now was called roach coach, or was called dirty or greasy spoon, greasy spoon, or whatever the case may be, hole in the wall, um, and it just doesn't just doesn't apply to that, you know, roach coaches and, and taco trucks. But you could take any any cultural food, uh, hole in the wall, cheap eats, greasy spoons. Um, mini malls, um, and then roach coaches. Through that... What is it? Relentless incrementalism? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, relentless incrementalism. That last word, I was like, practice it, practice it. One taco at a time, one street at a time, one block at a time, one person at a time. You know, what happens is the whole world changed for me and Kogi and all of us as food people within... We started in November by... April, May, oh, yeah. people were walking out of their cubicles and starting uh, buttermilk biscuit trucks and pecan pie trucks and banana cream pie trucks. And I was on the other
2: coast. Yeah. I was in New York. You are in New York. And I could see the change. And so that was six months.
4: Yeah. And so I know that's more of a cultural thing than a societal. But you were leading kind of up to that. that. But that, that changed. It changed how people wait in line, mm-hmm. how people communicate over food how Twitter and Instagram became now our conversation tool to talk about food, you know, Kogi started all that. You know what I mean? And and then now it is we. is, I'm not saying that we were the only ones that continued to develop it, but what we did was we kicked the ball on and then others were able to take that and turn it into where we are right now. And so that all happened, I mean, globally, now in 10 years, can you even imagine not sharing food the way that we do because we weren't sharing it that way before Kobe right so and then even within so that's a larger perspective of it but even in the in the in the smaller micro short term um in six months it changed it changed a lot of people's lives and it changed the world in our own small way you know people in London um to India to Asia to New York to Seattle Austin um, Portland. Um, everyone just started believing in street food. It went from being called roach coach to being called gourmet. You know, um, yeah, you were uh, the same food that many people would have a racial bias towards. Were, hi- were hiring these now these trucks and these tacos for their birthday parties and their bar mitzvahs and their and, and their and, and, and their weddings. You know. To me, that's a beautiful thing, man. You know, that's a yeah. that's a way that we came together as as people and as humans and took away the stereotypes and stripped away what we were told of something, and and faced our ignorance, faced our fear, and um, and we found a better life together. You know, because now a taco vendor. You know, like the homies of 1986 that are very popular now. Yeah. But they've just made a wedding better, you know? Yeah. Whereas 12 years ago, they would have never been hired for that wedding. We had a
2: taco cart at our wedding. Yeah. You know?
4: You know? Yeah. And whereas 12 years ago, for those, again, outside of the street community, would have never thought to do that. And to me, that's a beautiful thing of how change can happen. Um, And so let's just take that as a metaphor. What if we applied that? to the slaughtering of animals, to the profiling and wrongful criminalization of African-American youth within the inner cities, to um, to uh, true rehabilitation programs for people coming out of jail, for for really focusing and paying attention to the opioid drug crisis that is hitting our youth in America. What if we applied that same, instead of The soundbite stereotype, get off my lawn mentality. What if we applied this, let's hold hands together in a drum circle mentality,
2: you know? Well, that brings me to what is actually the last thing you say in this, in the series. And that's admitting that we are wrong and I will do something about it. And the concept of, in this day and age, there's finger pointing and putting fault (laughs) on people and saying, well... You know, you did this wrong, you did that wrong. And then on the flip side, the people who are, who are not even going as far to say there's fault, there's like, there's nothing wrong. You know, yeah. the 100 tornadoes that are happening in the middle of the country, that's totally normal and things yeah. like that. So, what do you think would happen if people could just admit there's something like it's broken? Yeah. We've broken the earth a little bit, we can still fix it. Yeah. Like, what could happen from there if everyone just said, all right, we're wrong, and guess what? To fix it, people can make money off of it, like corporations will make it and people will get reelected. But at the end of the day, society's going to get better.
4: Well, it could show us that the power and who we are together mm. and, and then maybe even spiritually connect us to something beyond ourselves, you know, um, and really get us to a, an elevated, not elevated, but just break through to another state of consciousness for us, you know in this universe, on this earth, on whatever it is, we don't know what's beyond us, but but maybe by changing and redirecting some things, we can find out a little bit more about the power of who we are and, and the synergy in who we are. And you know, and now, especially now, you know, with the internet and with the information, we can't, we have to confront our own denial. And that's the biggest thing that I think that I want this show to accomplish. In many cases, I think some of it lies in the storytelling, because a lot of times when you when you hear about these devastating new phenomena, you know whether it is tornadoes or 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 the melting of, of ice or you know um, the rivers being polluted. All these things that they, they come in many ways. They're packaged in very um, very. Uh, I don't know, like, it's given to you in such a heavy way that you don't want to confront it sometimes.
2: It's like, how do I stop a tornado?
4: Yeah. It's like, well, if you
2: eat one less cheeseburger a month, or, you know, you just go veggie for a couple weeks, you might actually stop a tornado. You might, because that will affect, you know,
4: how many, you know, how many um, cows are being slaughtered, or how many chickens are being cooped up, right? Mm -hmm. And, And these little things will start to... It will start to repair because we can't repair all of this damage overnight so if we are going to agree that the damage is there we just like any rehabilitation you have to start little by little and um but it's just mainly the fact that the information is there and we we have to stop denying it and then in order for us to stop denying we have to start to find a new way to get this information to the mass population because right now it's coming in forms of, of, uh, of like, oh my God, it's so big and we're <laughs> fucked and there's nothing I can do. Or it's coming in a very divisive way of, of two pundits or talking heads sure. saying one side or the other. Um, I think we need, to, we need to make it more of a, again, like, add some poetry and art to it so that it becomes a part of culture. Where, almost as if we were all living on an island together, or, or um, and we, you know, when you when you look at cultures that live on islands, they, they have a, they have an a, an agreement, a cultural and silent agreement amongst each other to, to make sure that the land is not destroyed because there's nowhere to go, you know what I mean? So you have to, you have to be in tune and in in sync with with land. So it's not just about throwing, you know, one use thing and throwing it away, you know, it's really utilizing all of the parts of the tree and and the leaf and the plant and all these things. But again, it's the information. Like, I'll give you one example, like me as a chef, I've been cooking now over 20 years and I come from, I started cooking before, really the internet, you know, like right when it just came out. But, you know, we in fine dining, we came from a world where we would, cut away everything just to get one small kernel of the middle heart of that vegetable or whatever the case may be right or a potato so it you know it went from this world of taking a whole potato and only taking one inch of that potato and the rest of that 95 percent of that potato would go to waste times a thousand times a million in every kitchen right because the information wasn't there that that I mean that should have been seen as wasteful and wrong to begin with. But, different time, but it was a different time in in, in in the '90s, and it was more about glamour and and notoriety and and Soignet essence and all mm-hmm. these things. So it's like, but the information wasn't there for anyone to really have a second thought, and then now we've evolved to a. From that, where it was, you know, it was grown, only 5% is used, the rest is thrown away. It's not even reutilized, it's just thrown away. And, you know, and everything is stacked in there, all the food, the food is manipulated to create some sculpture, right? And then that has moved all the way to a complete different way of cooking which is utilizing every part of of the animal of the of the stock of the of the plant not only just growing plants but also foraging and you know um utilizing what's regional and what's around you um and utilizing more organic so that that is something that is really so there is change it's those baby steps It's those baby steps and they add up And they add up and and there is evidence of change in in things that aren't so deep, quote-unquote deep. But this thing that we're confronting, um, if we don't confront it, I'm telling you... And just if you don't believe me, because I'm not not a PhD and I'm not a professional, believe the people that we cover at least. Because those people are professionals and PhDs and scientists and... and, Believe the scientists. And believe them because they are saying and showing you and providing evidence that we are headed towards a brick wall.
2: Well, Roy, thank you for adding some poetry all to right. this discussion. Really appreciate it. If people want to check out the show, check out you get involved. Yeah. How can they do that?
4: Uh, brokenbread.tv. I'm on socials. I'm at chef Roy Choi. Uh, you could go to KCT websites, TasteMade. It's all over the place. It's all out there. Um, if you're traveling online, whatever you can find it on your Roku or your Apple TV. Um, it's out there. It's out there. You know, um, on a traditional level, it plays at prime time, eight thirty p.m. on Wednesdays on KCT and tastemate TV. And um, it's not as depressing as this podcast may. Uh, it's not. portrayed no, it as. It's actually a fun show. It's a
2: fun show, yeah. and it does offer a lot of hope, and yes. it does offer you a chance to go. I'm going to get off my couch, and I'm going to get involved. And look, volunteer once a month. Start there. See Start how much there. you like it. Start there. So thank you so much. We have another song from the archives, and then a live performance here on Snacky Tunes on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. What
3: How much do I have to push you? <laughs> me, 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 How much do I have to clean up? For- Push it, baby Take arms against the careless whip of pain.
1: This episode is brought to you by 100 Bogart, a new building in Bushwick, Brooklyn, that provides offices, co-working, event spaces, and a brand new podcast recording room. Have you been dreaming of starting your very own podcast in Brooklyn? You can now rent space in 100 Bogart's custom-built podcast room to record interviews, voiceover, and commentary. The room is fitted out with two microphones, mixing board, and a MacBook Pro running Pro tools. You can rent the space by the hour, and a rental of an hour or more includes a 100 Bogart co-working pass. That means complimentary coffee, tea, and access to your own desk for the rest of the day. So what are you waiting for? Get started on your next audio project. 100 Bogart has the space and amenities you need to kickstart your podcast. Learn more at 100bogart.com or call their team at 718-362-362. 3539.
5: Are you enjoying our podcast? Heritage Radio Network has lots more. I'm Ethan Frisch.
1: And I'm Jenny Dorsey. And
5: together we host Why Food, a podcast about innovators, career changers, and entrepreneurs who are changing the face of food.
3: How did these folks decide to hit the brakes, start over, and
6: become inspiring chefs, entrepreneurs, farmers, and activists they are today?
5: Browse episodes of Why Food wherever you listen to podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org.
2: Alright, All right. here we go I mean, every time I think that we've had a band that is squeezed in here Someone, <laughs> someone comes someone in and steps on, in And they fit in uh, We are I mean, let's just go through the gear in the room We got an amp We got a ton yeah. of amps outside Three amps Three amps Congas Congas Four toms Two four toms Two four toms Drum pad Vibe. Vibe. Own okay. oh, mixer. <laughs> Some other vibes. A basses, uh, bass. A, a a sound close, guy. sound guy. I kind of like that you described your um, drum machine as vibes. With yeah, his absolutely. vibes right there. Uh, uh, litany of the pedals.
6: Vibes. Yeah, yeah. We got a lot of pedals in here. I don't see uh, uh, them.
2: They're, they're, they're there. Um, welcome to Snacky Tunes. Thank you. Uh, our first fall guest. Although it's still kind of summerish outside. Uh, who are you guys?
6: Uh... The name of the band is Sin Kane. Um Brooklyn Band, I'm here with Mikey, Freedom Heart, Ish, The Man of Steel, Aaron, and uh, J Tram.
2: So why don't you give uh, our listeners a little background on where you guys come from, how you came together.
6: Uh, I started I started the band a while ago. Oh, introduce
2: yourself too. Oh, excuse me.
6: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm Ahmed Ahmed Gallop, and I, I write the music for the group, and I... I started the band almost seven years ago. I was living in Ohio. I'm originally from Sudan. And um, uh, I put out two records and kind of uh, got picked up by by a bunch of different bands to tour. So I kind of put the the group in the back burner, but then I moved to New York and I decided I wanted to move on forward with this project. So I revamped it. I met J-Tram when we were playing in Yaysayer together. And through... You know, living in New York, I met Mikey Freedom Heart here, and he brought along the rest of the crew, Ish and Aaron Steele.
2: So, uh, when you pick up a a group after you know you have two records and you go on tour with a bunch of them and come back, you know, what did you learn and bring into this time around that was different from the first time out?
6: Oh man, well, I, I had I had like the blessing of touring the world and and really kind of see a bunch of people do. The right thing, and a bunch of people do the wrong thing. So, I mean, it it really puts a lot into perspective. I I know what I'm getting myself into now. When before I was like 23 year old kid, didn't know anything. I was just kind of making music all willy nilly, and now now it, it, it's given me a lot of
2: focus. You know, no no names, <coughs> but examples of one person doing the right thing and one person doing the wrong thing. You can choose which is first. Yeah, choose whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, well, but no I'll, names. We don't call people out.
6: Mr X and well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I've I've worked with a lot of really like super super organized people who just uh, are very honest and straight up. I mean, that's one big thing I've I've learned is to be straight up and honest. And if you're not straight up and honest, then it, it creates a lot of anxiety and tension. And that's just, I mean, I guess that's all I can really say. I mean, the Come. right the right the right thing is to be honest. The wrong thing is to drink too much.
2: Yeah. <laughs> He's talking to <on> me. <laughs> 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 it together, Mikey Freedom. <laughs> uh, but so now that you're back in Britain, so how how long has this incarnation been together?
6: Not even a year. I mean, Mikey and I and J Tram, we started playing together in what, like de- December or it was m- January? The, the only snow that happened last year, so it was either it was in, in January. No, no,
2: it was the more. last weekend in October. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the
6: so 28th. Yeah, we we start. It started a little like slow. I was touring with uh, Eleanor Friedberger at the time. And uh, so I didn't really, I didn't really have as much time as I do now. And then we had another, ba- we had a, a, a few bass players that we played with, but Ish came through in uh, in May, and we've been playing with him. And then just for this, because we want to do something special, we brought Aaron along. But
2: yeah, why don't we, why don't we get a tune? You guys need like what ten seconds of noise and then start it. Yeah. How do you guys feel?
6: I think we're gonna see.
2: Jack, how do we sound out there? Can I get a thumbs up? Okay. Alright, so let's get uh, just uh, for the room and then we can start. Alright. i gonna start
3: over. I fucked up. <laughs>
6: Two, that was a test. Three.
2: Awesome. Uh, you guys are gonna do us a big disservice because now everyone's gonna want to bring all this gear in because yeah. it sounds so good. So it's like go make or go home. It's uh, it's one guy on acoustic guitar. Yeah, he's real. He's got a lot of effects. <laughs> that vibes pad is really that putting out a lot is- of vibes. Oh, really? Oh, my, my vibes pad comes on the next one. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, that is that is amazing. Oh, That's a really yeah, amazing sound. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're kind of live mixing here. It sounds awesome, guys. So. Now the band's together, new record, right?
6: Yeah, uh, yeah. The record's coming out next month, October 23rd on on DFA.
2: Oh, okay. So how did that come about, or what uh, was the recording process? Since you guys have only been together for less than a year.
6: Well, I played drums on it, but these and, and other people came in. Yeah. I I recorded it pretty much by myself. Uh, I did like maybe like 85 percent of the record myself, and then in the in the process of recording. Um, because I played so much with J Tram, I just kind of like had him come in and and uh, redo pretty much all the drums. And Ira from Ysair came and he recorded a little bit on like he redid some bass. And my friend George Twin Shadow he ripped a pretty gnarly guitar solo on the record. And
2: oh, you know, he, uh, special guest shred. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you know It's That's interesting you exactly it say that because I was listening to the opening track we played, mm-hmm. and I was like, there's such a Ysair vibe yeah. to this. Um, but like in, in your own way, but the opening is just like very strong Jay yep. Sayer esque type yeah. of thing. In all the in all the best ways possible.
6: I just tried I I just kinda figured that's what was gonna happen, so I just, <laughs> I was like Which track is it? Jeep or Creeper. And decided I rep, Ira plays on that song, actually.
2: yeah Which is the best way that you can have a Yesayer sounding song is by having the dude from Yesayer <laughs> play. <Yeah. laughs> that kinda squashes all type of uh
6: Yeah. All you know, I just kind of you know, call a spade a spade, I guess.
2: No, it's good. And so then how did the DFA thing uh, come around? Um, shout out to John.
6: Yeah, actually, yeah. I think John might be listening. And shout John, out to Chris. John and Chris. Uh, hey, guys. Um, what up, guys?
2: They, uh, were, John was former. I geeked out on, grew up listening to DFA records, geeked out on John when he came on the show.
6: Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a lord. He's a true lord. <laughs> um, well, what happened was, <laughs> we. Well, I, I, released, I released Jeeper Creeper and Runnin' on my own and just kind of the whole runnin' thing. Kind of, it it did a lot better than I expected, and just randomly in April, I got an email from him, and he was really interested in the track, and he said he wanted to hear some more music, so I sent him the record, and he really liked it, and it just kind of, you know, one thing led to another. It's pretty cool.
2: Is it really just that easy? No, it's, <laughs> it,
6: it's it's really not that easy. But this guy works uh, crazy I lot.
2: mean, like I mean, yeah. le- i mean, see, we like to. I mean, one of the things we like to show on kids like it, that it is. I mean, you can play it off of, like that easy, but it yeah. wasn't that easy.
6: Well, I mean, the thing is, the record the record's been done for almost two years, you right? Know? And I've gone through like many many different ups and downs with it, and it is finally now just starting to like see the light of day. You know, I'm just uh, I've heard the music so much and mm-hmm. playing it live is. Really, kind of giving it new light, but it—it's been done for a long time.
2: I mean, what you know, for musicians who have been at it, but maybe been toiling in a little bit of the unknown, and now having being able to come on DFA, it's like, can you like share one of like your lowest of lows, and like to the point that you actually got through it and got to the other side? Oh, um, how long do we have? Uh, <laughs> we, we got a couple minutes for that answer. <laughs> the lowest of lows,
6: man. Well, I—I um, I recorded. Oh, man, I I uh, uh, when we stopped playing with Yessera, it was kind of uh, j chime and I. We we had like a year off before we re- we started everything, and I didn't really have anything in the pipeline at all. And the record was was finished, and it seemed like there was some interest, but nothing really happened at all. And I had like a few rehearsals with a bunch of people that didn't really work out, and I didn't really know at all what i was doing i didn't know like w- if anything was going to happen ryan here my my roommate like has always been like pretty encouraging and ex- like excited about everything i've been doing but uh Yeah, I, I don't know man like it, it's when you're when you're around to a lot of like really creative and talented people that are succeeding so well and your project doesn't seem to be succeeding on that level it just it's a, you sensationalize all your feelings and you think like i had, like you know 80 cents in my bank account and living in new york and you know, was in a really crappy relationship with somebody, and you know. So you're saying roommates? Yeah, all
2: changed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> roommates, bandmates, got you yeah. through it.
6: Yeah, yeah. These are like my my. This is like my family. You know, these everyone here has really been super encouraging and exciting.
2: I mean, I th- I mean, I feel like it's important to share those stories mm-hmm. alongside the yeah, I got the record deal that's coming out next month, yeah. just to kind of give a little hope to all the people who are writing good music and toiling alone that like. Everyone yeah. feels those lows. Like there's not a single person that has not felt that epic, epic, yeah. soul crushing low.
6: I was I I once lost the Yesayer band computer on tour and thought I was going to get fired. And <laughs> <laughs> it was after you said J-Tram's pants on fire. Yeah, <laughs> how did, how it, how it did, did you lose it? I said Jay Tramp's pants on fire. I lost the band well, computer, you, and I was.
2: There's a, long, there's a longer story to that. So don't have to yeah, we don't have. Was, was, was that <laughs> part of the uh, drink too much?
6: <laughs> that wasn't drink too much. That was. D- that, that, uh, another. <laughs> why don't? Why, why don't? Don't. don't and, and we'll leave it at that. All right. Let's. Let's. Don't let's, do drugs. Yeah, yeah.
2: Don't do drugs. Let's rip another song. How about that? Okay. What are we gotta, What are we gonna hear? We're gonna
6: hear "Running." Okay. The song you played a little bit earlier. Great.
2: Featuring Bugs. <laughs>
3: I don't mean to let you down. Gotta keep on running Until my body's all but broken Down Gotta keep on running, running Ah My body's over
2: So many vibes. Can we get one of those uh, applause sounds, please, from the room? Just that one. I couldn't, it I couldn't hear the vibes. That
5: was pro pro.
2: Yeah, the, vibe, <laughs> the vibes can be felt all around. Uh, that was amazing. Some New Year's vibes. Um, so you have some upcoming shows, right? You just got done with the residency at Zebulon. Yeah.
6: yeah. how is
2: was? Uh, I love that place. And actually, your vibes fit quite well in Zebulon. It
6: was. It was a vibe. It was definitely. That was, I mean, that's definitely what it was. We they sell get the best. Each time we say that word. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's shout one out, more Z. Shout out to caveman. <laughs> I,
2: I enjoy their potato yeah. chips they serve at Zebulon's. They have certainly good bagged potato chips. Really?
6: Yeah, their yeah. potato chips are great. I right? At yeah. Least every week. The mozzarella and the mozzarella. Yeah. And, like, they actually
2: have bohemian. surprisingly, secretly good bar food. Yes. Well, yeah, they do. Really? Yeah. It's a secret. bunch of French guys, right? That own it. Yeah.
6: Definitely yeah. They're the French Bohemian.
2: French. <laughs> yeah, have- it's definitely do you say French or I just uh, think like carafe of wine in hand at all times yeah no, I think Zebulah sort of is definitely a place of older Brooklyn <laughs> yep. yeah like it's yeah. a it's a movie thing jazz DJ I mean, I cafe mean, yeah
5: older Brooklyn
2: yeah older Brooklyn I mean, like five ten years ago yeah. we live <laughs> be- not <laughs> older older like shootout druggy Brooklyn
3: no
2: yeah. we, I mean we live right down the street from there and it's don't always a scene don't blow up our spot
3: I mean our so, spot
2: our spot's getting blown up by a wrecking ball in three months anyway yeah. so
3: that's,
2: <laughs> yeah that's the new Brooklyn that's that new that's that new 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 so uh where are you uh where are you come you're playing a couple of shows in September right
6: yeah we're playing with we're playing music Hall of Williamsburg on, on Sunday the 23rd with Lee Scratch Perry which we're all really no big no big deal no, no no big deal yeah we're <laughs> playing at uh, death by audio on the 27th with son Ra and we're playing the DeKalb market uh they're having a big blowout party at the end of the month on the 30th Who's
2: so playing the Decal Market Party?
6: Man, you know I, I don't know.
2: Okay, that's, that's a, a good place. Yeah. <laughs> that place is it's like this, but it's also shipping containers. It's also awesome. yeah. have you been out there?
6: Yeah, we go. That's I mean, Mike, Mikey lives right next to us, so we always grab coffee and there's there's this really awesome place that makes these like chicken chicken sandwich biscuit sandwiches, sandwiches yeah. are just can so you please el- please elaborate? Sandwiches. Yeah,
2: please elaborate. Like, is it? The biscuit and the chicken in there—like, what makes it so?
6: Chicken biscuit, coleslaw. the buttermilk yeah. biscuit with chicken gravy and coleslaw. fried chicken in the middle. Mm-hmm. So Slo. You guys
2: cook a lot. You guys, you guys, got your places to eat on the road.
6: Oh yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot. Uh, bills yeah, in uh, in Brighton, in yeah. Brighton, England That's is the only spot. One of the bills. Yo, shout bills. out to Sheets. Big up, the- <laughs> <laughs> up the bills. Yeah, what's bills? bills? Bills is like a. It's like a. Really. Awesome, like uh, market, like a uh, farm market place. It's like or, everything is organic and everything
5: is. And really, always changing big lofty yeah. spot, you know. Uh, mm.
6: They, they, you can go in there. You, you go in there. And it kind of looks like um, just like a a mark, uh, like a, a farmer's market, um, but yeah, they with like with a lot of tables. Everything is just really fresh and delicious. I and mean, when you go on towards, that's the, that's the one thing that kind of blows your mind because you're eating like mustard packets and
3: Coors
6: Light um, <laughs> mm. all day so oh it's a shot
2: of uh, yeah, mustard right. in the Coors Light right yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a lime mm-hmm. with a uh, ketchup chaser awesome really uh, so let's get all the nuts and bolts where can people find you where can people get your music website Friendster uh, Lipstick <laughs> and Cigarettes profile <laughs> you, you always make that are. joke and it always works <laughs> it's, a new, hey, it's, a new, it's a new band every week and they haven't heard the other shows <laughs> um, <laughs> check out Sin- our podcasts. yeah
6: Syncane.com S-I-N- Spell, yeah. S-I-N-K-A-N-E uh, You know, Sinkane Twitter Sinkane Raw on Facebook um, What else?
2: Well, and then uh, DFA, DFA. Yeah. When's it? When's the release date? October 23rd Can you pre-order?
6: Man, this should be coming up pretty soon Chris, that's a good question Yeah I know Chris, he's listening Well, how about we say about it. How about, about we, we say the that if
2: uh, They email Chris I'll put him on the pre-pre-order list Yeah, 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 yeah. You'll you uh,
6: really enjoy that too Release party? Dance party? October twenty third, uh, we're playing a show at the Brooklyn
2: Bowl. Oh, perfect! So fried chicken, oh, yeah. um, so much fried chicken. Uh, hey, here, here's here's my question to you: What is your process of eating when you play Brooklyn Bowl? Are you a before show eater, or do you do oh. you gotta wait till after? Yeah, um. well,
6: I, I really like the fried oh, so chicken, and I gotta do that know. afterwards. or Are completely divided uh, on this? I'm kind of
2: <laughs> like a wingman during the set type of thing, just. You know, in between Yeah, I like I, if get I greasy fingers Yeah I get, I get a dozen I get, you know Six on table one Six, six on table two But yeah that's, It's so tempting Because you're there for so long And you know you want to dig in But that's
6: Yeah I mean, it is That's the reward It is a very good place to eat
2: Three more songs till chicken wings Yeah Two more songs till chicken <laughs> <laughs> wings Yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at One more go. song To a boozy milkshake, right? I
6: can uh, only I, Yeah Well, I can't, I can't do that one That's the ender if That's I, it? If I have that Then it's, it's, that's, it's the that's on the
2: way out Margarine in one hand, boozy uh, milkshake, anyway. All right, one more song, (laughs) then we're out. Yeah, then we're uh, we're off to Jersey. Off to Jersey to the aunt's house for Rosh Hashanah. Thank you guys for all coming in here. This was totally worth all the effort. Thanks Uh, for having us. Yeah, what's the last song called? It's called Young Trouble. This is a new joint Oh, and uh, hold on, sorry, one big shout out. Tomorrow night up at Dinosaur BBQ, Marcus Samuelson and a whole bunch of Harlem chefs are doing an incredible, incredible, incredible food event. Check it out. It's going to be awesome. yeah. All right.
3: right. I'll jack it up little
5: Listening to heritage radio network food radio supported by you for our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long subscribe to our newsletter enter your email at the bottom of our website heritageradionetwork.org and connect with us on instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio you can also find us at facebook.com Radio network
6: heritage radio Network is a non nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better fairer more delicious place and we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the
1: HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.